Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Mike Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. Um, last week, we began to talk about something that we called dreams. Everybody say dreams. Dreams in another word for dream. Sometimes when you use the word dream or someone having a dream um, for their life or maybe another term is vision. It kind of gets lost in the translation and it kind of gets really big and somewhat nebulous. But if another word for dream would be a preferred outcome or a positive expectation or an aspiration in our life. If, if you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to either watch or listen online or you can listen to the, the podcast and it'll help you because we're kind of, we're, it's, in the, it's standing alone today, but it's building on last week. And what we found out is that God created each and every one of us to live with a positive a- expectation and aspiration in our lives. That's how you and I were created. The Bible says that we're made in his image. Throughout the Bible, whether it is the Old Testament or the New Testament, what whenever it looked bad with God's people, what you see is that he would come onto the scene and he would encourage his people with either a word or he would he would give them some type of an analogy you remember when the children of Israel it says they were in bondage to Egypt God said I'm going to bring you into a land that is better than you could ever imagine and it'll have vineyards you didn't plant and fig trees you didn't plant and he called it a land of of milk and honey one of the primary purposes for God's word in our life is to give us his perspective of our situation that we are currently facing in our life and to breathe hope into our life with his perspective. And so his word makes a deposit, creates an image on the inside of us, or it should, and it breathes hope into our life. Depression It tries to take root in our lives when we don't have a positive expectation in our life. And we're looking forward and we just begin to think there's nothing positive that is going and it doesn't inspire us. And that is how depression and discouragement get rooted in our lives. But whenever we bring up dreams or aspirations or desired outcome, and this is what we found out last week, is that God always starts with our heart. He, uh, the very first place he starts with our heart. And I know that when I make the statement heart, I need to define that because how many of you have ever known somebody and you're like, oh, they got a really good heart, but they just do dumb things. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, you just look and you're just kind of like, okay, maybe they do underneath there. You know what I'm saying? But you, you look, but whenever you look at the word heart, And really for the sake of last week and today, I want to just define it as this. It's my inside believing, thinking, reasoning, and expecting, which then affects my choosing. So my heart is what, and you can, how many of you, we can smile on the outside and we can just be like, everything's great and everything like that. But on the inside, what do I believe about myself, about my future? What do I think on and reason about myself and my future in God? And what am I expecting? Because that then impacts my choosing. 
Look at what it says in, in Psalms 37, verse 3 through verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord. So that's the first, that's an inside thing. Trust in the Lord. And then look at what it says, and do good. So the trust first, do good. Now look at what he said, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. So God said he wanted us to trust him, do what I know God would want me to do, and God said it'll cause me to prosper. Now look at what he said in verse 4, and I think this is crucial in our life. He said, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. The Amplified says it like this, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Notice that the delight in the Lord and the desires of my heart are connected. They're connected. I think all of us can stop and say, I have these desires in my heart, and I have this desire in my heart, but what, is it, what does it mean to take delight in the Lord, and what does that look like? It's kind of ambiguous, and we can just kind of make all that, you know, that maybe means this or in that, but it's an inside trust and a genuine upbeat, or if I could say it, it's a smile on the inside and a gratefulness to God where I'm at. And let me just give you an example of this. Recently, I was, um, and I do this, or I try to do this fairly regularly, is I began to reflect on what God has done in my life, and, and I just began to reflect on everything that I have and all of the good things that he's done in my life. And I began to just kind of look at it, and, and I'm just going to throw out some thoughts. But number one is I have a relationship with God, and he understands me, and he loves me, and he's for me all the time. Thanks, I appreciate that, Justin. I said, I have a relationship with God. I got a, I'm not talking about like hope. Do I have a relationship with God? And he understands me, he gets me, he's for me. And I mean, if you think about this, is he's promised that he's leading every one of our lives, not just me. Do you know that God has promised to lead your life? Right now, right where you're at, he's leading. I began to, ref I began to reflect, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. You know, everything's still self-lubricating piece of machinery, everything's still moving in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have an incredible wife that God blinded her eyes to marry me for a short period of time. How many of you know what I'm saying? Come on, guys. You're with, how many of you guys can so relate to this? Is, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, stop and just think about this. I have four great kids that love God. I have four great kids that love God. I mean, think about it. They're healthy. They're married. I love all their, all of their mates are like, awesome. How many of you know what I'm saying? I, I, think, they're, I think they're great. All, uh, and then, I mean, if, if that's not enough, is not to mention I have perfect grandchildren. I mean, you know, they're just absolutely perfect. If you think about it, is, I mean, I have a family that loves me. I have friends in a church that love me most of the time, Chuck. How many of you know what I'm saying? They, most of the time, they, they love me. I have all that I need materially. God has taken care of me. Wow, God, you have been really good to me. You say, what is that? That 
is delighting in the Lord. That is being able to step back and look and say, you know, and you and I, we can do that anywhere, anytime, any place, and around anybody, and in any situation. And God said that if I would cultivate that in my life, see, delighting myself in the Lord is the seedbed for him placing desires in my heart. It's, it's the seedbed. Notice the connection between the two. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See, what God does is he wants us to begin to reflect. And I realize you might not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. How many of you know what I'm saying? You might be in a spot where you're looking and you're saying, I got problems, but I want to tell you something. You got God. And if you got God, you can overcome any problems. The biggest problem is when the problem goes from the outside to the inside, and that's all I see. And what God does is he comes into our life and he comes into our heart and he says, what I want you to do is to begin to reflect on everything I've done for you. All the good things that I am, all the good promises that I've made over your life. And what it does is it creates a seedbed that he begins to plant dreams on the inside. Look at what it says in verse five. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. This is, I call this, verse 5, is an all-in life. God, I'm just all in. I'm just all in. All, every area, I'm all in. I'm not going to hold nothing, hold nothing back. Look at Philippians 2, verse 13. For God is working in you. Oh, God, what are you doing in me? Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, God's in me, stirring up desires and giving me power to do what pleases him. And look at Proverbs 4.23. And look at what it says at Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I want you to think about that statement. God said, he doesn't determine the course of my life, but what I let get in my heart determines the course of my life. What I let get in my reasoning, what I let get in my thinking, what I let get in my believing. It isn't everybody around me that determines the course of my life, but it's what I let get in my heart. I find this, that my greatest, my number one responsibility is to guard my heart. Because if I let junk get in my heart, if I let beliefs get in my heart, if I begin to reason in my mind contrary to what God says in and over my life, what he said is it's going to determine the course of my life tomorrow. And so when we talk about having dreams and we talk about, you know, a desired expectation and God's best for our life and a preferred outcome, the very first place we need to back up is and say is, Lord, I want to make sure that what's going on in my heart is right because you can give me a dream, you can give me a desire, but my capacity to step into it in a healthy manner is directly connected to me having a healthy believing reasoning, responding, and thinking inside to my life. It's directly, see, my heart determines my capacity if I can handle the dreams and the desires that God has for my life. God is always growing our heart. It's never done. 
And my heart is revealed when I go through things. That's what it does. My heart, what, and uh, how many of you before have ever been going through life and somebody or something hits your buttons? How many of you are with me on this? And funkiness floats up. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, where did that come from? How many of you know what I'm saying? See, it floated, and God said, oh, now you, get, you never saw that before. But what's you going to do with that? Look at what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3. In the same way that gold and silver are refined by fire, the Lord purifies your heart by the test and trials of life. Look at those words in the same way. No different than gold and silver. The way that it's refined by fire. Let me just ask you this. How is gold and silver refined? Throw it out. They turn the heat up. And the heat causes all the impurities to float to the top. Causes them all the impurities to float to the top. And then look at what it says, flows to the surface. And then what we do is when it flows to the surface, we look at it and we say, God, I, I realize I'm under construction and there's some funkiness right there. And I need you to help me. I'm not going to justify it, reason against it, rationalize it. I'm not going to blame. Lord, I realize that right now this is a, let me just throw this thought out to you. Corona has been a heart purifying season. That's what it is. Been a heart purifying kind of stuff. Just kind of, it, you, if you look, it, and I, you know what's amazing is see, God inspires the dream, but then he's into growing my inside so that I can handle the dream. And if he can't grow my heart, it reminds me of when Micah was, I think my, his mother told me he was two. He was into motorcycles, huge into motorcycles. I like motorcycles. How many of you like motorcycles? I like motorcycles. He is huge into motorcycles. And so he, you know, he had little toy motorcycles and whatever. And he could make the sound. How many of you know what I'm saying? Next time, if he's watching right now, rum, rum. <laughs> he's probably watching online. But he made it somehow outside our gate. And our neighbor had an 1100 cafe ninja. And his mother was running around trying to find, where's Micah, where's Micah? And she goes and looks out the window, and he's two years old, two or three, and he's climbed up on the neighbor's 1100 ninja, and he's making the sounds. He's expecting that thing to take off. So you realize this, he had a dream for the 1100 ninja, but currently he rides a Honda 50 ruckus. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Say, why is that? Capacity. It's capacity. How many of you know what I'm saying? And that God says, I put a dream in you, but understand that I want to get to your reasoning, to your believing, to your thinking, that maybe it's come through different things in your life, whatever it is, and I'm going to cause the junk to float to the top, and I want you to commit your heart to me, and I'm going to skim it off so that it can equip you for what I've got for your life tomorrow. Are you with me? That's the way that God is. And so it's all about my heart. And I want to, last week we began to talk about there's two different levels of dreams in our life. There's destination dreams. Destination dreams are there is a solid date. 
There's a payoff. Oh, I want to go here. Oh, I want to have 10 kids. Oh, I want to get married. Oh, this is, my ed- this is my educational goal. Fingerprint dream deals with it's unique and it encompasses you and your experiences that maybe God has redeemed and gifts that he's placed on the inside of you, skills that are unique to you. I call them sweet spots in your life. God made you unique in the, in the journey. But the big key thing is my heart. God, what's going on in my heart? And what I want to do with my remaining time is I want to give five thoughts to keeping my heart right and staying healthy on the inside. Five thoughts. We get all focused on the outside, and God says, excuse me, but I need you to keep your heart right. If you keep your heart right, the outside will take care of itself. Number one is this, is keep a tender heart and conscience. This is huge. This is so big in our life. I believe that it's underrated. It's an inside sensitivity and tenderness. You say, well, what do you mean? Do I, knew, do, I do what I know to do quick? When I know what God wants me to do, do I do it quick? Do I do, do I do what I know to do quick? You say, why do you do it quick? Because we will talk ourselves out of doing what he wants us to do. Are you with me? We will talk ourselves out, and it affects our conscience. Live in the light of the truth that I know. That is what's called strong-hearted. Am I doing what I know is right and good, or is there duplicity in my life? Duplicity is I'm saying this, but I'm doing this. Understand that is a heart disconnection, and it affects your dreams. It affects God's desire because it's an unhealthy inside. Life is so much better when we are just totally true to what we believe. I didn't say we don't make mistakes, but when we make a mistake, we acknowledge it's a mistake. We get up, we dust ourselves off, we repent, and we agree with God. But what we don't do is live a double standard. When we live a double standard, it directly impacts the dream, the desire, and the thing that God has put in our heart because God is saying, I got to get that off or it's going to derail you in the future. Are you with me? The next just in in the same vein is respond to the Holy Spirit's lead when it's not what you want to do. How many of you know we know it's like, that's a really nice thing and I wouldn't think that. How many of you know what I'm saying? I would give them what, Lord? Them? It's like, that's the devil. No, it isn't. You know it's not the devil. You would never think that. You would never want to bless that person. You would never want to send them that card that just says, just want to let you know I love you and you're really special. You would rather send them a card and scorch them. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's like, and what it is, is respond to the Holy Spirit's lead when it's not what you want to do. Just respond. In doing it, what it is, is it's a heart exercise that says, God, I love you when you tell me about the things that tangibly bless my life and are euphoric, but I also love you, God, when you ask me and direct me to do things that are maybe a little bit hard. I don't really want to. And I want to really be clear, you know, and and when you think about it, this is a deeper walk than, God, I want to hear from you when you bless me. I think that God, when we talk about a dream or a desire, God wants to work the sugar daddy mentality out of us. 
sugar daddy mentality is, God, I'm going to follow you when you tell me all these good things. But if you ask me to do something that I don't want to do, God is like, okay, we got we to gotta work that out. Everybody wants to hear from God when we, it is a tangible blessing and it's encouragement. But realize that's not a whole relationship. A whole relationship is, Lord, I want to hear from you all the time, all the time. Think about it. It doesn't work that way in any other relationship. In Acts chapter 5, which is the history book of the New Testament church, is the establishment has come against the apostles and they're persecuting them. And look at what it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 40. It says, the others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. What does flog mean? Anybody ever been flogged? Flogged is like five steps worse than the worst spanking you ever got from your parents. Flogged is like, they, had these, they flogged them. And then look at what it says. They ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. Now look at verse four or 41. The apostle Paul, or pardon me, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Look at they rejoice that God had counted them worthy to suffer. Sometimes in our lives, as God is saying, I need you to do this, you don't want to do it, but it's cross ministry, and we're all called to it. Jesus didn't want to do what God always told him to do. He even said it. He said, God, is there any way that I can avoid this cross? But then he settled and he said this, but not my will, your will be done. And what that is, is that is strong-hearted. Cross ministry is when we don't feel like it and it hurts, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Number two is this. Be a giver. That's how God is. We're talking about a healthy heart. Ephesians 5 tells us to imitate God like dear children imitate their parents. And this is on every front. When I talk about, when we say being a giver, well, we should be a giver financially. I'm not talk, we should just have a, a giving spirit. We should be a giver of encouragement, where we encourage people. Maybe grace, they don't deserve it. Maybe a giver of forgiveness or a giver of love to people who are unlovely or a smile to somebody who is a snarler. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where you just stop. Or maybe a good deed. Be a giver. Am I a giving person? Which means my eyes aren't just on myself, but I'm looking to be a blessing in somebody else's life. See, that is a heart thing. We're at our best when we're not consumed with ourselves, but we see and feel for other people that are around us. We're at our best. Number three is this. Is faith or trusting God will never come off the table, so get comfortable with it. Get comfortable with it. You say, what do you mean? Am I comfortable and upbeat when I have to trust God and I can't do it any other way? I, I'm just, okay, got it. Okay. I've got to begin to grow comfortable when I've done everything I know and now I just need to trust. God, I'm going to trust you. I mean, you know, when it's out of your control, You've done everything that you can do. Can you just stop and trust? You know, me and my wife, we got this hand gesture thing. And the hand gesture is this. It's like when we've done everything, we just go, let it go. That's all. How many of you right now got some things you just got to let go? 
How many of you got some people? You just got to let them go. How many of you, right now, look, just go like this. <sighs> now say this with me. <gasps> oh, whoa, whoa. So, um, you, know, you know what is super cool? When you're the pastor, you get to see everybody out here. One of these times, I'm going to have a helmet cam that I can zero in on some of y'all, and they'll throw it up on the screen. <laughs> when I said, let it go, there are people out there that looked at the person right next to them. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like, look. Okay, I got it. Look straight ahead. Everybody just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. Just say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to let it go. <sighs> oh, I like that. How many of you know what I'm saying? You say, why did you do that? It just helps my brain. How many of you find you let it go in five minutes better? You got it back. God's like, let it go again. Okay. Okay, it's long enough. I want it back. God's <laughs> like, let it go. I need you to just trust me. Trust me. Proverbs 16, 3. Before you do anything. Wow, this is before your first cup of coffee in the morning. Before you make it to the bathroom. Before you do anything. Put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Oh, my goodness. How many of you know that is so hard? Because it's like, Lord, I trust you, but this is the way I think it should go. God's like, no, totally trust me. Then, look at this. Every plan you make will succeed. I like that. We're never going to have all the answers. Number four is this. Is be willing to take a risk and make a mistake. Some people are good with risk, but not at accepting responsibility for mistakes. Others are good at accepting responsibility for mistakes, but they will never take a risk. They're just, you know, they're those people that just aim, 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 aim. You run into them six months later, I'm aiming. You run into them five years later, I'm aiming. Why are you still aiming? Because I'm waiting for the risk to go away. No, you have to be willing. Follow God and have a healthy, and having a healthy heart. It requires both where I've got to stop and say, okay, God, I'm willing to take a risk and I will accept responsibilities when I have made a mistake. I have never met anybody that was healthy and living in the dream that God had for them that, that wasn't learning and continuing to learn this particular thing in their life. Some people's greatest fear is making a mistake. God wants to work that fear out of you. He wants to work it where you're not afraid to make a mistake. Some of the greatest lessons learned are learned when we make a mistake. How do we handle it? What do I do after I've made a mistake? Do I condemn myself? Do I blame everybody else for my mistake? Do I bleed all over everybody else? How many of you know what I'm saying? Or have I learned to just take responsibility for that mistake? And it's going to require effort. And the last one, number five, is this, is know my own spirit. You say, what do you mean by know my own spirit? Life is about seasons. It's about seasons. I heard that tomorrow it's supposed to be 70s here in Michigan. Well, if that's not enough, I heard that, that Tuesday it's supposed to be like mid-80s. Yes! Mid-80s! The only 
only problem is our lake still has polar caps floating on it. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> supposed to be, it's, but, it, but let me, but then the next day, it's going to be like 50s again. <laughs> but how many of you know that in Michigan, this thing called seasons, if it was like summer here all year long, we would share this place with a billion other people because they would all come here. But we got this thing called seasons. And what it is, is it's super easy to celebrate. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. You know what I'm saying? It's super, in, in where it's just like, know your heart in the seasons of life. Some seasons are like spring and everything's green and harvest is going great and it's easy to celebrate. Know your heart. Is my heart healthy in that season? Or have I drifted off of the Lord? The next season, summer, where it's harvest time and everything is just going awesome. Then we come into fall. Fall's a beautiful time. Then we come into that last one, winter. And it's like, I love winter for the first month. And then afterwards, it's like, and, and what we've got to realize in our life is I have determined in my own life that I will have no heroes in my life that I cannot look and see that they have gone through the four seasons of a healthy heart. Anybody can have a great spring and a great summer. Anybody can. And what we've got to learn to do is stay connected to God in all four seasons. And some seasons, you just feel like you're plowing. There's some seasons that you feel like you're just putting one foot, you're just a plotter. You're putting one foot. They say, why are you plotting? Because it's the only thing I know to do. And what I do know is this, is God is with me. God is for me. I don't fully get it. But what I know is I will stay faithful and true to him because he will make sure that this thing turns. But I refuse to make a stupid decision in a winter season because the goodness of God is in and over my life. And this, I don't like it, but he's good. He's good. God's good. See, what seasons do is they reveal us. When responded to right, they grow our heart, they increase our capacity, and they propel us forward. That's what they do. And some of us right now, maybe you're in a difficult season. I just want to encourage you in this. God's with you. God's for you. Know your own spirit. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm a shorts person. Do we have any shorts people here? I just love shorts. You know what I'm saying? I just... I. I was raised in Southern California, I'm sure. But this is what I found out. If I go out in shorts in January and February, my kneecaps turn purple. How many of you know what I'm saying? And if I stay out, I will lose my legs. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, and so what I do, it's like, okay, this is the season. I need to make an adjustment in order to be healthy. Some seasons are not fun, but every season is for personal growth. And the equipping of my heart for the dream that God has placed in me so that when I get there, I have the capacity and I won't implode. I won't implode. You know, you think about it. Someone said to me recently, <laughs> they looked at me. I said, how's it going? And they looked at me and they said, getting old as hell. <laughs> That's what they said. 
thought, I looked at him and laughed. I said, pretty good outlook. Pretty good outlook. But then they caught themselves and they were like, ah, you know what I'm saying? We're all got seasons, but what's going on in our heart right now? Right now, maybe you're in the greatest season of your life. That is awesome. I want to celebrate and dance with you. But I equally want to tell you this, that life is about seasons. It says it in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to be born, celebratory, and a time to die. That's mourning. That's hard. There's a time to plant. And there's a time to harvest. There's all these and everything in between. And God is saying, you got to have a healthy heart and know your own heart in the different seasons of life so you make decisions to keep yourself healthy. Amen. Stand up. If you want.